What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, reflect on them, study them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you and your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming the particular saints that God the Father desires for you to be. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, and the list goes on. I will then try to answer them in such a way that is good for you, but I'm imperfect. I'm broken. So I may not answer them in a way that is helpful for you to grow in virtue. And if that is the case, then I want to give you the freedom right now to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to become a saint. However, if my advice is helpful, I really want to invite you and encourage you to lean into Jesus so he can give you the grace to fulfill the demands of discipleship. Hit me up at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com with your critiques, your questions, your comments on today's episode, and also questions for further episodes. And don't forget to rate us and review us on iTunes, and that way other people can find out about the gift of the show. Today's show is a special episode of Ask Father Josh. Today is the Valentine's Day special. So if we could change the music right now, put some Valentine's Day music on, that'd be really cool. And I'm about to change it up and flip the script and you're going to hear how I would sound if I had like a late night couple show. And here we go. What's up world and welcome to Ask Father Josh, a podcast where I get to help you fall in love, stay in love, and uh, abide in love forever. <laughs> no, y'all, so so crazy how God works. Whenever I was a kid, I used to uh, want to be a radio DJ. And I ended up, after I became a priest, I had a radio show for a while, and now I have a podcast. But uh, my name would have been J.J. Boogie. J.J. Boogie, Boogie Down Bronxter. And so... Uh, <laughs> so today is going to be a Valentine's Day special And we're going to talk about everything and anything from dating advice um, How to think about your partner uh, before marriage And how far is too far before the sacrament of marriage as well So those are today's questions But before we get jumping into to topics today let's, uh, let's talk about a glory story so my glory story this week, because it's all about Valentine's Day, it's all about love. I'm going to share a little love story about me and Jesus. Jesus is my everything. Jesus is sufficient. Jesus is enough. And so one day, I was in seminary, and one of my buddies who I had not seen in a long time was coming by to hang out. And I remember running down the stairs to go visit with my friend. And as I was running down the stairs, so excited to see my buddy, I ran past the chapel, and I perceived Jesus speak to me. And what I perceived Jesus say really pierced my heart. I perceived Jesus say, Josh, you have never run to the chapel to come spend time with me. You've never run to prayer. You've all, you come every day, but you kind of drag your feet. You come slowly. You take your time. You check your watch when you're there. He said, Josh, that hurts my feelings. And it just completely rocked my world. My bad, Jesus. And so whenever he communicated that to me in prayer, I was able to respond. And I was able to show Jesus by my actions that he's a priority, that he's really important to me um, and for me. 
in my walk toward eternity. And so if you don't show Jesus you love him by the, the attention you give him in prayer, then maybe this week be a little bit more intentional with making sure we manifest in our actions, in our disposition, that we want to be with him, that we look forward to spending time with him, and that he's our everything. So, anyways, long story short, that's my glory story. Jesus checked me, and I got my stuff together. All right, before we get jump into today's topics, I got a few follow-up feedback comments from some of our listeners. Chris is very simple, straight to the point. He says, thank you for sharing the podcast. It's wonderful, informative, and relatable. Praise Jesus Christ, Chris. And Esther says, hello, Father Josh. Thank you so much for your podcast. You have no idea how much of a blessing it is to have the opportunity to listen to your podcast. It's amazing how relatable you are. And when you speak, it's like we're talking with a friend. I really enjoy all your suggestions, whether it's a book, a prayer, documentary, movie, etc. Is there a place that you have posted all the suggestions you made on the podcast? You've opened up a world for me and everyone that listens to you in which we can find books, authors, etc. that will deepen our knowledge of our faith. Thank you. Well, Esther, no, I don't. <laughs> but if you go back to the episodes, if you look in the show notes, we typically write down some of the points I made, the books I referenced, the authors I promoted, etc. So maybe that might be a place. And because you've asked the question, maybe my producers might help me put something like that together. And on a future show, we can let you know where you can get that at. So thank you for your question, Esther. Please pray for me and for everyone who works on the show that we will become saints in our walk toward eternity. Right. First question comes in from Abby, and it's about dating. Abby, your name? Let me tell you what your name does. Your name elicits for me the place I went to seminary at for four years. I went to St. Joseph's Abbey, and it's this Benedictine monastery out in the woods in the boondocks, and it was so beautiful. I used to wake up in the morning to go for walks with Jesus, and um, yeah. So thank you for your name. Thank your parents for your name. It's a gift to me because it's eliciting thoughts and memories of some good times I've had in my life. So Abby asked about dating. She says this, first of all, first of all, let me say, I, you can't accuse me of all these things. You know that you are guilty of. And I think, sorry, first of all is what she said. My bad, that's the song, R&B. This is a, this is a dating uh, Valentine's Day special, so I'm going to be doing some R&B jams all throughout. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for the show. It always brightens my day. For the record, I like your musical interludes. Oh, praise God, because you just got one. You must be as ADHD as I am. Yeah, so I've not prescribed ADHD, but I'm pretty sure I am. My question is this. As a young woman, I have basically lived the life of the good old song, You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift. You belong with me. You belong with me. Is that how it goes? Because I don't know it. You know what? I'm not a big T Swift fan. I know Bad Blood, baby. Now we got Bad Blood, baby. Now we got, and I know um, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. That's not a good Valentine's Day song, but you belong with me. I think I had it right, but I'm not a huge fan, so I don't know. But back to your question, Abby says this: I'm the quiet, nerdy, plain-looking girl who mostly has guys for friends, but somehow they always end up dating other girls who are thinner, 
shorter, more party animal, and frankly, <laughs> more stupid. <laughs> we assume they might be stupid. <laughs> That's funny, Abby. You make me laugh. Um, do you have any recommendations for trying to feel good about myself when to me it's obvious that who I am is not even attractive to guys that I've known for years? Also, any advice you might have on locating Catholic guys who are serious about their faith and a little nerdy would be great. Yeah, Abby, great, great question. I have a few points I want to make with you today. First point is this. God loves you so much. God loves you and he created you to look just the way you are. You are made in the image of God. You remember the body of Christ and you're beautiful. You are exactly how God created you to be today, right? So reverence your body and your soul. Reverence who you are because God delights in you. He reverences you, all right? Second point is this. When it comes to your friends, DTR, jump from the jump, define the relationship. When you meet somebody, if you're interested in them before cultivating a friendship, say, hey, yo, Shawty, what's up? I mean, maybe you shouldn't say that if you're like the nerdy type, but just like let them know like what your intentions are. Say, I'm attracted to you. Do you want to go out for coffee? Right? I would like to get to know you. Be very upfront because what happens is if you're not, you might get friend zoned. And the guys, if they don't know you're interested, like sometimes we just we don't notice things. Like for real. We just don't. Like there was Gosh, just all throughout my life. Now that sounds terrible, but like I've, there, there was girls who were crushing on me, and I didn't even know because they weren't like straight up, straightforward me. And so until they told me, "Hey, I'm interested in you," then my my radars went up. Like, oh, for real, right? So, uh, and then if I'm a priest, when that happened, I'm like, oh, for real, good to know. Bye bye, um, bye, Felicia. So yeah, nah, um, just DTR, define their relationship from the jump. And third. If you're looking for love and you feel called to the vocation of marriage, then I would highly recommend going on dating websites and dating apps like eHarmony or Catholic Match or Christian Mingle or whatever they're called. Um, go on places where other people are very intentional with what they want. They want a relationship. And so there's nothing wrong with going there because that's where most people find their spouses today anyway. Um, most people spend most of their time on social media. And so if you are interested in the vocation of marriage, feel called to that vocation, then place yourself on those social media apps so that people can find out that you are someone who is really interested in pursuing the vocation of marriage. Now, only those apps, but go out of your comfort zone. I don't know if you go to a lot of Bible studies or whatever, but like I would say continue doing that. But also go to a restaurant, a nice restaurant that has a bar. Um, not a trashy bar, but like a bar and sit there and meet people and just have a conversation. A lot of people also find their spouses at restaurants and bars. So go out and places that you might not be going right now, like change up your script a little bit, um, get out of your comfort zone and make it very clear what your intentions are. And that way guys can know you want to be pursued. Some guys don't know. I, and for real, that's how it was for me in high school. I pursued girls who let me know they wanted to be pursued. Right? And I was like, oh, wow, like, I do think you're cute, but like, I didn't know you want to be pursued. But since I know, now I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue. So that is, that's my first part of my answer. Second half, recognize this. You might not meet your spouse until you're in your 30s, 40s, or 50s, or 60s. My dad didn't meet my mom until he was in his late 40s, and he didn't have me until he, he was 50, right? So my mom was in her late 30s. So, or 30s. Um, don't put a timetable on when you're supposed to find your spouse. 
one of the biggest stumbling blocks whenever I was a campus minister at LSU for a lot of the girls was this. They were about to graduate and they didn't have a ring by spring. And so they would flip out. Trust me, most people do not meet their spouses until years later in unexpected places like work or online or at a restaurant or just random places. So don't trip. You don't have to have your spouse by tomorrow, right? Um, and nothing's impossible for God. So if you're like worried about um, your um, eggs, if you're worried about, am I going to be able to have babies? Like nothing's impossible for God. Don't forget that we worship the same God today that was operative in the word of God, the sacred scriptures, the Bible. And in the sacred scriptures, Elizabeth got pregnant when she was much more mature, as did Sarah. So, and Mary was a virgin. So ain't nothing impossible for God. So don't limit even that. Like, don't worry about things like that that are out of your control. Um, So, yeah, that's my advice for you. In the meantime, just be holy. Prioritize Jesus. Let him be enough for you. And listen to him sing the song from Bruno Mars to you. Um, Just the way you are. When I see your eye, mm, 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 mm. mashed potatoes and gravy, mashed potatoes and, and gravy. All right, that's the first question. Second question comes in from Callie. Yo, what up, Callie? It's spelled like K A L L E Y. Callie. What's up, Callie? So, Callie says this How do you think about your boyfriend? I was listening to a podcast in the past as I just converted to the Catholicism last August. Shout out to the new convert, Callie. And I enjoy listening to your podcast because it teaches me so much about the church and Catholic beliefs. My question is about, is your spouse, if your spouse is your friend question, and you talked about how friends and spouses and how to keep them committed to the church, would one treat a boyfriend as a friend since they aren't married how does that work? I was dating a boy that I thought I was going to marry, and I didn't know if it's okay to start trying to get them to heaven before you're married for future relationships. Great question, Callie. So grace perfects nature. Some people say grace builds on nature. Thomas would actually say grace perfects nature. And so when I was in seminary, the rector of the seminary used to always say to us, as a seminarian, as a priest. So if you're not praying the liturgy of the hours now as a seminarian, whenever you get ordained and get your first um, role as a pastor of a parish, you're not going to pray the liturgy hours then. If you're not serving people as a seminarian, you're not going to serve people as a priest. If you're not fasting as a seminarian, you're not going to fast as a priest. If you don't study as a seminarian, you won't study as a priest. Grace will perfect nature. So, same replies for dating and marriage. Yeah, definitely. You want to get your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend to heaven when you're just dating them as well. That's what holy friendship is all about is you want to pray for them, you want to fast for them, you even want to at times pray with them. Now, how you pray with them might be um, proper based on where you're at in your relationship. If you're an engaged couple, you should pray in a different capacity than a couple who's still just dating. But yeah, you should definitely be concerned about the guy's salvation, praying for him, fasting for him, going to mass with him, worshiping God with him, and then holding him accountable to a rule of life where he can be consistent with Jesus Christ so he can open himself up to encountering Christ. One thing I do with most of my couples I walk with before they get married is I apply the five W's, when, where, what, who, and why, um, to four four areas of their life. 
so that if they do it now, then whenever they get married, they would have already been able to do it a long enough time so that it's just natural. So first thing we apply that to is worship. When are we going to worship as a couple? Next weekend. We're going to come to Mass at 11 a.m. All right, where? What, Holy Rosary? What's our intention going to be? What's our sacrifice going to be that we're offering up at the sacrifice of the Mass? Um, who's going to hold us accountable? Tell the girl, get you a girlfriend. Tell the dude, get a dude friend to hold you accountable. And and why are we doing this? Um, because, you know, when we pray together, we are more likely going to be able to stay together. And then after that, we apply the five W's, when, where, what, who, and why, to our personal relationship with Jesus. When am I going to spend time with Jesus on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Where am I going to spend that time with Jesus? Sorry, I'm going to say like maybe 6.30 to 7 a.m. in my living room. What am I going to do? I'm going to light a candle, get some coffee, get my Bible, praise and worship music, do Lexio Divina, spend some time in silence. And then who's going to hold me accountable? Again, if you're a girl, get a girl. If you're a dude, get a guy to hold you accountable. And why? Why? Because I want to spend time with Jesus intentionally and consistently every day so that I can manifest the actions of Christ in my relationship with my boyfriend, girlfriend, engaged partner, whatever, ultimately spouse. Then we apply those five W's to date nights. When are we going to go on a date? Be intentional. If we're not intentional about dating when we're just a couple, then what's going to happen is we're going to get married and we're going to not be intentional about dating then. And then kids come along and we start prioritizing the kids over each other. And then essentially you, you become roommates. You become roommates with kids and you don't like each other. It's just like, nah, nah, that's not good. So be intentional with date nights now. When can we go on a date this week? Thursday? All right. Where? Um, pick your place. What are we going to order? That way when we get there, we can like be intentional with each other. Who's the most accountable and why? And then finally, um, apply the five W's to dialoguing with each other. Now, start talking with each other once a week about what's working well and what's not working well. And so like one method of dialogue, I call it facts, feelings, future, F, F, F. Fact is this happened. It made me feel this way. What we do in the future? So you would like meet with them once a week and you'll say, Hey, you know, fact is we went to your parents' house, um, over the weekend and after mass, I used the bathroom after you and you kept the toilet seat up and that's nasty. Um, it made me feel disrespected because we've already had that conversation. Um, and in the future, what can we do? So I don't have to feel disrespected. And then you would then give a positive, positive fact. Another fact is you text me on Tuesday and you said, I'm beautiful. Tuesday was not my birthday or our anniversary or Valentine's Day. It was just Tuesday. What well, it made me feel special. What can we do in the future so I can continue to feel special? And then he could be like, yo, I didn't know it made you feel special. I will put on my cell phone reminders to continue to hit you up randomly about how much I am digging you. Digging on you, digging on you, baby, baby, ooh, baby, 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 baby. It's on like that. It's on like that. Hey, gotta be in love with something like that. I'm... That's an old school TLC 1996. So apply those four W's now to your relationship as a couple. And yeah, and be concerned about salvation. Now there's intimate prayer that I think one should like reserve for engagement. And then there's even more intimate prayer that one should reserve for marriage. But I think going to mass together, holding each other accountable to prayer is fine. I think as far as sharing the depths of your hearts, let's save that for the ring, right? Uh, don't do that before the ring because you don't want to share too much of your chicken nuggets um, and barbecue sauce. You want to limit it to just chicken nuggets because uh, the barbecue sauce should be reserved for a sacrament, if you know what I mean. All right. So what do y'all think? Do you have any other additional advice for Kylie? Yo, Kylie. Um, Grace Kylie, uh, write me at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com and let me know. 
and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question. Reading the Bible is something we as Catholics know we should do. But let's be honest, it can be kind of complicated. Even though it's a complete story, the Bible isn't really one book. It's more like a library with dozens of books and dozens of genres. There's poetry, prophecy, and prose. There are apocalypses and revelations, historical accounts and allegories. No wonder it's difficult to keep a finger on the story of God's love and plan of salvation for his people, the thread that keeps all of it together. If you're wishing there was a simple guide to help you tie all of this together, then you're just like Jeff Cavins and Tim Gray. That's why they wrote the book, Walking with God. Walking with God is a single book that traces the story that ties the Bible together. It helps you to understand the big picture of the Bible. If you're looking to read more of the Bible, Walking with God will help you do it with confidence, peace, and clarity. You can find out more and order Walking with God on ascensionpress.com or on Amazon. All right. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can send your questions to me at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. If you're feeling fancy, record a voice note. Send it to me as well. We can play it on a future show. And please do not forget to rate and review us on iTunes. That helps other people find out about the gift of the show. Final question for today comes in from Leanne. Oh, man, Leanne. Leanne, I see, back to Taylor Swift and country music. I remember being a kid whenever Leanne Rhymes was out as a country singer. And I was like watching Power Rangers or something like that one morning. And you, Leanne was on. And it was, <clears throat> how do I live without you? I want to know. How do I live without you? If you never show. How do I ever, ever smile? How do I, how do I, uh-oh, I hear like an R&B remix coming right now. Let's try this. Let's see. Make sure Leanne Rhymes hears my podcast today. It's going to go like this. How do I, how do I, how do I, I'm just joking. Like a little New Orleans bounce to that. And uh, nah, so Leanne Rhymes, shout out to Leanne Rhymes and that How Do I Live? And uh, speaking of Leanne, your question is not how do I live without you, but how far is too far? How far is too far? (laughs) So, one thing I do in my office, my administrative assistant, her name is Susan, and I love her to death. And I go in her office all the time while she's doing work and I start singing. And it's like we play the voice. And then she eventually turns around if she likes it. As a matter of fact, she turns around every single time because whenever she turns around, I stop singing. So maybe she's turning around to to shut me up. I don't know. But yeah, Leanne, back to your question. This is very serious. This is a Valentine's Day special. This is very serious. How far is too far? How far is too far physically before marriage? 
One priest told our youth group leaders that French kissing before engagement was a sin. Why do we call it French kissing? Why do we call fries French fries? What's so French about that? Why do we call curse words, excuse my French? I don't understand that. If somebody wants to hit me up at Ask Father Josh at Assistant Press and let me know, that's one thing I would love to understand. So anyways, back to your question. So one priest told our youth group leaders that French kissing before engagement was a sin. And it stirred quite an uproar. I know other priests have said otherwise. So what are we supposed to do? In a relationship, isn't it okay to be aroused by the other? Great question. So first of all, um, there's no objective, right? There's no objective church teaching on this question. So you're asking me my opinion, um, which can be debatable. And y'all can critique me for going here, but I'm going to give you my opinion as a celebrate priest. Uh, first of all, kissing is a popular, popular, popular subject in high school ministry and college ministry. So great question. Uh, so some people, they would say you should wait till your wedding day to like kiss. Other people um, would say engagement. Other people say just do what you want, right? When you want. And all right, so let, let's look at it in a few different ways. Um, kissing should not be limited to just French kissing. And for those of you who don't know what French kissing is, because I don't know where that word came from, Francais kissing, uh, what they mean is tongue kissing, right? And so um, there are other ways that couples can kiss romantically and tenderly that is beautiful, whereas one is not necessarily tongue another person down, right? And objectifying them and eliciting lust in their heart or the heart of the other person. Kissing can be beautiful. It could be something that is healthy, and it could be something that is very holy. Um, so St. John Paul II, he, he writes that there are many ways for couples to manifest affection. And he says tender embraces can manifest affection, putting arms around each other, and certain forms of kissing. Um, so, yeah, certain forms of kissing can manifest good, holy affection. Um, and he distinguishes this clearly um, between satisfying one's like sensual pleasures. And again, pleasure is not a bad thing, but what's my intention for this, right? So he says this, of course, a need to satisfy the demands of sentiment, emotional love makes itself felt, but it is fundamentally different from a need to appease sensuality. Emotional love concentrates more on the human being, not on the body and sex, which is a good thing, by the way. But, and it is immediate. And its immediate aim is not enjoyment, but the feeling of nearness. So if one person is kissing another person because they just want to enjoy what the other person makes them feel whenever they kiss, I would say, check yourself. If a couple is sharing a tender, gentle kiss to express nearness and to manifest holy affection, then I think it could be a good thing. But the discernment comes down to the person and the individual couples. What can one couple handle? Some couples, like, basically, like, they're not there yet. They're not mature enough yet in their virtue, in their heroic virtue, to be able to manifest a gentle, beautiful, tender kiss. And so based on where you're at in your walk with Jesus, you've got to be completely open and honest with your partner, with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your engaged, uh, whatever, um, fiancé, or your spouse. Like, well, this is what I can do, and this is what I can't do. Um, I don't think that tongue kissing really is appropriate, right, um, outside of marriage. And here's why, uh, because of what it leads to, right? Tongue kissing typically um, is a pathway for something more to happen. 
And it's kind of playing with somebody's heart whenever you start tongue kissing them and then stopping and saying, all right, we good. I'm going now. Right. Um, so just heads up, like keep, keep in mind that kissing is a good thing, but, um, certain kissing is really reserved for, for spouses, right? For spouses and not just for anybody. Yeah. So that's what I think. That's, that's my response. Uh, let me know if you thought that was helpful. I could always answer it probably better and more concise, but that's what I got to say for right now. So that brings us to the end of today's show. Regardless of what your circumstances are, here are some things I think we can take away from today's questions. Uh, first of all, when it comes to um, dating and, and uh, just DTR, define the relationship from the jump. What are you looking for in a friendship? What are you looking for in a working relationship? What are you looking for in a dating relationship? Define the relationship. Whenever it comes to approaching a boyfriend or a girlfriend, specifically with regards to their walk toward eternity, we are always trying to get people to heaven. So grace perfects nature. So start now and then build. let, let the Holy Spirit build upon that as time goes on. And finally, when it comes to how far is too far, it's different for everybody. But I think universally speaking, tongue kissing really is not appropriate for people who don't have a ring on it yet because of what it might lead to, naturally speaking. Um, and so I would propose tender, gentle, beautiful, affectionate kisses now and, and even continue that into marriage. But in marriage, um, there's a lot more that could be on the table because of what it could bring the couple to ultimately the unitive aspect of their relationship. All right. So that's today's show. I hope y'all enjoyed. Happy Valentine's Day. Remember last year, Valentine's Day was on Ash Wednesday, so it was kind of a bummer. But today, it's not. So take somebody out, get somebody some chocolates, whatever. Do whatever y'all couples do. But remember, your first Valentine is Jesus. So go holler at Jesus today as well. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, help us to love you more now than we ever have before. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. God bless.